What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blue Stable. We are here with another episode of Playing the GM of Indianapolis Coast. I'm your moderator, uh, Marcus, and my goal is Culture Shock as well on YouTube, but I couldn't do it alone. I got my guys with me today. I got Michael, I got Landon, and this is the Michael edition of Playing the GM, so it should be interesting. I know he's been talking about it all week, and he's excited to do it, and I know he is, but I want to go to him first. Michael, how are you feeling tonight, man? I'm feeling good. The combine's going on, you know, keeping up with that. I know uh, all of us draft junkies are keeping up with that. Not too something, nothing too crazy going on. I know Nolan Smith made himself some some money today. Any hope that there was for him to be at 35, if there was ever any at all, uh, is now gone. So, uh, you know, that, that dream is dead. But other than that, man, feel good. Um, ready to get this started. How y'all guys feeling? Feeling good, feeling good. We're going to go ahead to Landon now. Landon, how are we feeling tonight? You nervous about this or what? I'm terrified, bro. Like, I'm, I'm scared to death. Uh, I know I know. Mike's got some crazy stuff in store. Uh, but, you know, look, before we get started, though, I just got to say a big shout-out to my guy, retired today after 19 years as an official. My boy, Jerome Boger, retired. I will miss it because – he had one of the funniest voices I've ever heard in officiating. Like, he would make a call, and he would, like, this is what it would go. Every Sunday, me and my friends would, like, we would just laugh constantly because it would be like, Holden, number 73 offense, 10-yard penalty, <laughs> automatic, first down. And every, like, I'm going to miss that, man. So, um, you know what? Shout out to Jerome Boger. You know, wish, wish, uh, Wish him well. I'll miss. I'll miss him for sure. But yeah, as far as tonight goes, I'm terrified, bro. I'm scared. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, we will definitely see what happens. So, uh, nonetheless, before we get started, if you haven't already, feel free to like, comment, subscribe on all platforms. We are live on Facebook. We are live on Twitter. Hello, Twitter world, and we are live on YouTube as well. Feel free to follow us on all platforms if you haven't. And now, without further ado, the floor is yours, Michael Pevia. All right. Well, um, that is one hell of an introduction. I felt the excitement. I felt the energy there from you, Marcus. So Landon had a great round uh, opening up this series in part one. You know, he had a great round, had some great free agent signings, had some really good draft picks. Uh, and I got to follow up with that. I got to see if I can do something better, if I can make something a little bit crazier, maybe not just crazier, but a little bit more outside the box. But with me, probably going to be more crazier than outside the box. But uh, 
So let's go ahead and get started, man. Uh, GM of the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts just finished 4-12-1. And, and when you're 4-12-1, and one, you know, you're not just going to say, hey, let's run it back, you know, with a, with a few players. So you got to... You got to make some changes. You got to help change the culture a little bit. And when I when I'm looking at the roster, you know, I'm sitting here. What what, what do we need? Obviously, quarterback. Um, you know, could we use another edge rusher? Could we add to the running back room? Is, is there work to be done at tight end? Offensive line is a very big thing. Corner. You know, we can we address corner? The safety need to be. Um, does that need to be prioritized? You already got Julian Blackman. You have Rodney Thomas who had a really, really good uh, rookie year, having four interceptions as a seventh-round pick out of Yale. And then you had Nick Cross, who you traded up for last year. Uh, he was like a redshirt guy. You know, he's a guy that Ron Miles and, and the staff are working on. Obviously, Nick is going to be doing training this offseason to help prepare him for training camp this coming uh, this coming year. So that's that, that room is actually looking pretty solid. Uh, do I add there? Maybe, maybe not. When it comes to the quarterback, you know, am I trading up to one? Is is that something that needs to be done? All I know is that we need to change this roster up a little bit. Uh, no, no sitting there saying, hey, you know, we'll go into next year. We'll scout ourselves a little bit. No, this is the NFL, uh, the ultimate win now league, and we need to win now. There's a lot of things that can help a quarterback, but what I believe is what helps a quarterback is when you got an offensive line in front of him and when he has weapons on the outside. So let's go ahead and get started with this, with the cuts portion of this. I'm making four cuts uh, on this team. I'm, I'm going to cut Nick Foles. That, that'll open up $2.1 million. It's really, you know, sort of, you know, he, he could have the chance to just walk away, but we're going to go ahead and cut him. Had another year left on his deal. We'll, we'll incur a little bit of a penalty, but we will open up $2.1 million. And like Landon mentioned last last week, we have a little bit under $13 million, so we need to open up some more. And then I'm going to do the tight end room. We'll, we'll go with Mo Ali Cox here. We're going to open up $2.9 million. It just hasn't worked out. Uh, he came into the league with you know, fans really latched on to him a little bit. Obviously, when he caught that one-handed pass in 2018 against the Raiders, it really skyrocketed his his hype in the in the fan base. But you know, he made like a little bit of a improvement and just never really, never really got better. So you know, it's been stagnant. You haven't seen any improvement. In fact, you saw a regression in Moali Cox in his blocking this past year. It was a poor contract when it was given last offseason. Three years, $18 million. There were so many tight ends on, on the market you could have went and got, but you committed to Mo Ali Cox. It was a bad investment, so we got to make the cut there. Um, this is one that I did struggle with uh, because I truly believe if, if you want to bring a rookie quarterback in here, I truly, truly believe this guy – is a really solid guy to back that rookie quarterback up. And that's Matt Ryan. He's an ultimate pro. He's a veteran. He's one of the smartest quarterbacks to ever play this game. And that would be so beneficial to have in the same room as a rookie quarterback. Can you imagine if Matt Ryan and that rookie quarterback are roommates at training camp? You know how much stuff that rookie quarterback can pick off his brain and get from him. It matters a lot to me, but it's such a huge number that opens up if we were to make the cut 
Plus, I don't think Matt Ryan would be up for a backup role. I think the competitor in him is still open to starting, maybe finding somewhere in the league to play. So we're going to go ahead and cut Matt Ryan, opening up $17.2 million there. Um, but I am a, a, a fan of bringing in two quarterbacks, possibly three quarterbacks this off season, especially we want we want to target a vet quarterback, right? So we'll do that in free agency, and then we're gonna make one last cut here. We're gonna cut Ryan Kelly. Uh, he's got one year left on his deal. We're gonna cut him now. We're gonna save eight million dollars. Look, I truly believe in investing money and investments in the O line, but when you have a team that is not that great, you have holes at a lot of places. You don't need to invest, have 200 plus million dollars invested in the offensive line. You just can't do that. Plus, Ryan Kelly has seen a regression in his play the latter half of this contract. Uh, we're we're going to go ahead and make the cut. You already got money at right tackle in Braden Smith, you got money at left guard in Quentin Nelson. And I also believe in Danny Pinter. You know, center is his position, Dan, center is Danny Pinter's position. He came in and started at right guard to start the season. Oh, it just necessarily wasn't his it wasn't his position. He didn't perform at right guard as well as he did at center. And I believe opening up some room to invest that money into another spot on the roster is key to building this roster up. So we're going to cut Ryan Kelly as well. So our four cuts we're going to go with are going to be Mo Ali Cox tight end, uh Matt Ryan quarterback, Ryan Kelly center, Nick Foles quarterback so our quarterback room right now just contains of sam ellinger right now so let's uh let's open up some more room let's open up some more cap room let's go with some trades kenny moore you know i i felt was just thrown out there because he was a fit uh because he was a fit from he was a fit in the class or in in the defense rather so I, I think we got to move off of that. Sorry, um, we're, we're going to move off of that. We're going to find a place for Kenny Moore. So where, where are we going to go here? So, you know, when you look at teams around the league, do they have a lot of money? Not, not everybody has a lot of money. You're seeing some teams make some moves around the league. That's because they're dead in cap space. They're in negative cap space. They got to you know, release some contracts to get in the clear. And that's what they got to do. But Chicago makes a lot of sense for Kenny Moore. This is kind of like what Landon did last week. Also, another key uh, factor that Landon didn't mention, and I, I completely understand it. He, he did a lot of work last week. Kenny Moore will return to Chicago, not only where Matt Eberflus, his former DC is, but his corner coach that made him a pro bowler in 2021 and James Rowe. You know, it makes sense for James Rowe to get a vet back, and it makes for Kenny Moore. It makes sense for Kenny Moore to return to James Rowe because he was a Pro Bowler under James Rowe, and it just makes all the sense in the world. One more year for Kenny Moore. You know, one year to help continue to build the culture a little bit, help Matt Eberflus there. And again, it's one year, no risk, not committing a lot of money. You got a hundred plus million dollars in cap space. We'll go ahead and trade Kenny Moore to Chicago. We're going to get back a fourth round pick number 103 overall in this draft. So I believe we had about what? Eight picks. Now we're sitting here at nine. When I look at other places on the roster and you're seeing it right here on, on the graphics, 
I'm, I'm, I'm making the plunge. Um, the plunge, rather. I'm making the plunge. I'm moving on from Jonathan Taylor. Here's here's why, namely, because I can't make this big of a move without giving an explanation. I need to figure out what to do at some positions. Michael Pittman, is it time to start entering some negotiations, some contract extensions, or, or do we need to get in there? And then Jonathan Taylor, you know, we're transitioning to a new coach, a new offense, and we're going to bring some new faces in. So I need to get with Jonathan Taylor. I need to get with his agent and figure out, hey, all right, what do we want to do? I want to start negotiations early, but this is the running back position. So I'm not committing $15 million plus. I'm not committing $13 million plus. I'm going to offer an extension that values Jonathan Taylor around eight, $9 million a year. They're going to say no to that, obviously. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna pull the target. I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to trade Jonathan Taylor because I just can't give out a four or five-year contract to a guy that plays a position that's dependent on six, seven, eight guys in front of him doing their job. We saw this year when the offensive line was bad, Jonathan Taylor made no impact on the game. And you see it in Dallas where the offense is struggling. You're paying Zeke 16, 17, $18 million. He can't do anything. You know, you're paying, you're investing a lot of money at a position where they're dependent on five guys in front of them doing their job. And this offensive line hasn't been doing its job. Jonathan Taylor, you know, for the first time in his career, got injured for the first time in his career, missed the practice. So injury is not necessarily the topic here, but it is in terms of I'm going to lose Jonathan Taylor anyways, right? If I'm not going to extend Jonathan Taylor to the number his, him and his agent want, why not pull the trigger and get something for him now rather than let him walk for free? So that's my explanation for this trade. Who wants to take Jonathan Taylor, right? I want to look around the league and, you know, I'm not going to send him to anybody in the AFC. And, and even thinking about the AFC right now, do you think Kansas City needs Jonathan Taylor? They spent a first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Did Clyde Edwards-Alaire even play in the Super Bowl? That was seventh-round draft pick. Pachenko that made an impact in the Super Bowl again positional value and unfortunately Jonathan Taylor plays a position that's on the bottom of the totem pole in positional value and that that what I just spoke about in Kansas City you draft a seventh round pick boom helped you win a Super Bowl was a big impact player in that Super Bowl and you don't need to spend 15 million dollars at that position you don't need to do anything and I think Jonathan Taylor's lack of third down production also has to take into account here. So that's another thing I wanted to add in there uh, for those, because I know there are those questions. Why is he trading uh, Jonathan Taylor? Why is he moving on from Jonathan Taylor? I want to give transparency and I want to give uh, what I think uh, in, in this move. Who needs Jonathan Taylor? It's one year, you know, trading him, you know, his cap hit will be $5 million, $5.1 million this year. I can open up five more dollars or five more, five million dollars more in cap space. So I'm going to call Philadelphia. Philadelphia and Indy, they have a good relationship. They're trading quarter coordinators to head coaches, both sides. Nick Sirianni goes to Philadelphia. Shane Steichen goes from Philadelphia to Indianapolis. They executed a trade over Carson Wentz. Well, guess what? I think Philadelphia really missed having a bruiser in the backfield. Yeah, you got uh, Jalen Hurts, definitely. 
But when Jalen Hurts is tired, who can he hand the ball off to? I think Jonathan Taylor can really thrive running behind an offensive line like that. And he's returning home. He's going to be close to New Jersey where he grew up. He's going to be close to his family. He's going to be closer to his family. One-year deal, so Philadelphia isn't committing to a long-term contract unless they want to give him an extension. So let's go ahead and dra- trade Jonathan Taylor to Philadelphia. What can I get from him? Philadelphia knows we're not going to extend him. We're going to lose him for nothing anyway. So we're not going to get a first-round pick or anything. Let's get their second-round pick, number 63 overall. And let's go ahead and get uh, – let's go ahead and get – a seventh round pick uh, from them, number 222 overall. I know I wanted more guys. I I wanted more, but being realistic in a trade package, you know, I was talking to somebody that I know who who does not, not inside the Eagles, but covers the Eagles. And, you know, what, what would a trade like this, you know, how would it work? And everything I told you guys, I told him and he said, yeah, this is probably the trade that would happen. Philadelphia is not going to give you two second round picks. Uh, I'll probably give you a second and a seventh. So I'm going to take that. I'm not re-signing Jonathan Taylor. I'd rather get something for him rather than let him walk uh, for nothing, for free. So that's going to be the trades. After all the cutting, after all the trades, we end up with a whopping $56.2 million in cap space. We accumulate Chicago's fourth round pick, number 103 overall. Philadelphia's second round pick, number 63 overall, and their seventh round pick, number 222 overall. So really, you're getting the gist of it. We were at eight picks. I mean, we were at eight picks. Now, now we're getting more. Now we're getting more. I believe now we stand at 12. So before, before we move on here, I do know I've been talking for a while. Uh, real quick, let, let's get to some comments and let's get to some questions before we move on to this. Anybody who has any comments, any questions about the cuts, the trades that I made, I I, I know there's going to be a lot. Um, I think we're good on Moale Cox. Yeah, I, I, I think we're good as well. You know, I, I want the best for him, obviously, but it just didn't work out. Kenny back with Flus in a scheme that works value for the Bears to go with their future Pro Bowl. Hey, it, it works out again. Going back to James Rowe, who helped him get a Pro Bowl nod, it just makes too much sense uh, for both sides, really. It, it just makes too, too much sense. If it means we can sign Pittman and bite the bullet of JT being out of reach of value, uh, but we get more picks and more to build with, hey, that, that's the thing. Get picks. And the second round pick in this year's draft, I think, can prove to be really, really valuable. Because again, we're, not, we're we're in sort of a resetting stage. I wouldn't say rebuild because you got your pillars. You got the Quentin Nelsons. You got the Braden Smiths on the offensive line. Bernard Ryman showed really good stuff at left tackle. So you have somewhat of a pillar there. You got Michael Pittman Jr. Right. You got Alec Pierce. You're almost almost set. You still got to just fill in some holes. Then you look on the defense. You know, I was contemplating maybe trading Shaquille Leonard, but guess what? contract negotiations would only start at three first round picks. And guess what? No one is giving that up. No one's giving up close to that. So Shaquille Leonard, you're coming back. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. If he says his body is feeling better, his body is feeling better, damn it. And we're going to roll with Shaquille Leonard. 
we're going to roll with that man because he's a playmaker. Uh, Landon's gone back and forth with me, with me on this. He's a playmaker. He makes plays regardless of what linebacker spot he plays. So we're going to roll with him and bank on his health, even though his health does scare me. But guess what? He's earned the benefit of the doubt. So if he says he's good, he's good. Uh, so other than that, let's go ahead and move on to some free agent signings, right? And we're going to focus on our own free agent signings. We're entering free agency uh, with $56.2 million. And as you can see with the uh, graphic on the screen, we're making quite a few of them. First, let's start with our own guys. You're seeing it on the screen, but let's give you the numbers. We're going to re-sign Yannick Ngakwe. Gus Bradley's coming back. That means Yannick Ngakwe is coming back too. We're going to give Yannick Ngakwe a two-year, $19 million deal. Uh, may look a little small on the annual salary, uh, wise, but we're going to throw in some incentives, you know, incentives for making the Pro Bowl. If he gets 10 sacks, um, you, you know, we're going to throw, throw in some incentives, you know, sweeten the sweeten the pot a little bit for him. But here's how I'm going to get creative with the contract. In the first year, I'm going to make it $8 million. So it still leaves us about one, $1.5 million left to work with on another potential signing. So Yannick Ngakwe is going to come back. Linebacker, this is where I'm torn. You know, I want Bobby Okereke back so much because I know how good he is. This would be a situation where can I use the franchise tag? Unfortunately, the franchise tag, correct me if I'm wrong, Landon, it's going for like $18.9 million for, for the linebacker. So, yeah, I see you, see you nodding your head. It, it's just too much. You know, that's comparing an edge rusher and a linebacker together. It's just too much money. So we're going to let... Bobby Okereke walk, but we're going to bring back EJ Speed. You know, we're going to give him some job security, not a one-year deal, but a three-year deal. Keep, keep some continuity going there, especially with Shaquille Leonard having the injury history that he has. I want to give us some, some insurance, right? I want to give us some depth behind him. Let's get EJ Speed in at a three-year, $9 million deal. So then let's go ahead and move on. We need a kicker, right? Let's go with Chase McLaughlin. He did real good work this uh, this past year. Rodrigo Blankenship gets cut. Chase McLaughlin comes in and really makes a lot of kicks, a lot of extra points. Really, we didn't have any stress about the kicking game when Rigo left and McLaughlin came in. So that's a real good plus. Two years, $3.5 million deal, a little bit of an uptick in salary for him. And then offensive line. Boy, if the graphic wasn't up there, I know everybody in the comment section would be thinking I'm bringing back Matt Pryor. But um, no, I'm going to bring back Dennis Kelly because I think he filled in at left tackle admirably. He got some reps at right tackle, got some reps at right guard, and he's just a guy that you can plug and play along the offensive line. So I think that's valuable. I want to bring back another familiar face with that offensive line and keep offensive line depth there. Like Landon alluded to last week, the offensive line needs to get figured out. It needs to get figured out quick, fast, and in a hurry to help out uh, a rookie quarterback and possibly a different running back since we traded Jonathan Taylor. Dennis Kelly will come back on a one-year, $1 million deal. And, of course, we got to bring back Paris Campbell. I'm not going to throw, you know, five, six, seven million dollars at him. Uh, I'm not going to do that. You know, he, he proved he can be healthy for one year. 
it wasn't a productive year, but although nobody on the team was productive due to bad quarterback play, bad offensive line play, right? So I'm not going to kill him for that, but we're going to bring back Paris Campbell. One year, $3.5 million deal. All right, that's going to be our own free agent. So again, Yannick Ngakwe back on a two-year $19 million deal with the first year going for $8 million. EJ Speed back for three years, $9 million. Chase McLaughlin, two-year, $3.5 million deal. Dennis Kelly, one-year, $1 million. And then Paris Campbell, one-year, $3.5 million deal. Now let's head to the open market. All right, guys that are on the open market. And here's where I mentioned earlier. I want to get a vet quarterback in here. And as you can see, y'all are already seeing it on the screen. I'm bringing in Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota was close to becoming our quarterback last year, was really waiting to see what the Colts wanted to do. They were waiting to see what was going on with Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, letting the Deshaun Watson stuff figure itself out. Marcus Mariota decides to go to Atlanta where a job opens up. He has been cut from Atlanta. I am thinking Jacoby Brissett a little bit here because of his leadership, familiarity with the franchise, but he is a more high-end backup quarterback that will demand more money, I believe. So I'm going to have to go with Marcus Mariota because it's a little bit of a cheaper deal. Two years, $8 million, got a solid vet in the room to help out the rookie quarterback. I am letting Marcus know, hey, we're, we're going in a new direction. The rookie quarterback is going to start. He's going to sign up for a backup role, two years, $8 million, all of it guaranteed, with some incentives. If you make a start, you know we'll throw in $200,000 there. If you reach a certain number of touchdown passes, you'll reach a certain number there. So we're going to bring back Marcus Mariota. Our next free agent signing is going to be, Colts fans should be familiar with the Marvin Jones wide receiver, uh, recently played for Jacksonville. Look, this is going to be a vet signing. Just like last year, Chris Ballard says, you know, I can't expect Paris Campbell to be wide receiver two or three. Guess what? At the start of the year, Paris Campbell was wide receiver two or three. I'm not going to bank on that. I'm not going to. I'm going to bring more competition into the room. Uh, I'm going to bring it into the room. So this is the reason why bringing a vet in here like Marvin Jones, who could really do a lot of good work and can also help the younger guys that we bring in on the roster, help continue to set the culture that Shane Steichen wants to do here. So two years, $7.5 million. We're going to roll with Marvin Jones there. The next one, we got to gotta help out the defensive end. We got to add more to that room. Right now, Quiddy Pay, uh, Yannick Ngakwe are there, but we're not bringing back Ben Banigou. We're not bringing back Taekwon Lewis. We're not bringing back Khalid Kareem. You know, we need bodies there. And I think bringing in a vet. A guy who's won a Super Bowl, who has been part of a great organization, been part of great defenses. I'm not entirely sure if Philadelphia is going to bring him back and how much they'll offer him, but I'm going to go after Brandon Graham. I think he's a, he's still producing at his age, and he can be a real solid, another addition to the defensive line, culture setter. Get, get him with guys like Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner on the same defense, Shaquille Leonard, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, and get him in there with Quiddy Pay. So I'm going to bring Brandon Graham over to Indianapolis. One year, $7 million deal. One year, $7 million. I looked at his, you know, his, his value uh, on spot rack, maybe averaging $5 million a year. I'm going to give him one year, and I'm going to go $2 million more, $7 million, all of it guaranteed. 
Uh, let's keep boosting the trenches. Get better in the trenches. Get after the quarterback. We need to be better about that. So bring Brandon Graham, a vet defensive end. Got to work on the corners, all right? After Stefan and Isaiah Rogers, and Isaiah Rogers is entering a contract year. Is he going to have a big year where maybe you can't resign him or whatever the case may be? Again, that also kind of goes into why we traded Jonathan Taylor. So we're going to make a free agent signing here at corner. You see it on the on the graphic. We're going to go Isaiah Oliver recently played in Atlanta. We're going to give him two years, $7 million. Long corner, you know, the way Gus Bradley and Gus My, uh, Ron Miles like him, long, rangy corners, uh, can be a little bit, you know, suspect. But I think a guy who is long, who you continue to put him in a room with Ron Miles, I think that'll go a long way. Two years, $7 million. Again, we're starting to creep down on some money. So, the way I'm going to make this contract work is the first year I'm going to put 3 million, the second year I'm going to put 4 instead of going the even 3.5 3.5. Right now we're saving about $500,000 by not doing that. Um and this is one that Landon made last week Shane Steichen coming over. We got to get a familiar face from the offensive line. Again, build up the offensive line. Let's bring in Andre Dillard. Uh, he's going to be a free agent. He's going to be looking for a home. Still a young guy, still a young cat. We're not going to commit big dollars to him, big years, but we're going to offer him a two-year, $9 million deal. We're going to say, hey, the left tackle position is not a sure thing. We have a rookie who performed well, but we're not going to be handing out jobs. He, The job is not his. Let's bring in competition. You know, last year, Matt Pryor's our left tackle. Danny Pinter's our right guard. We got to stop handing out jobs. Competition, 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 competition. Build depth on the offensive line. Sorry, my iPad fell if you heard a loud uh, bang. But Andre Dillard will be here. Now, when it comes to tight end, look, I agree that some certain things can really help out a rookie quarterback. A running back like Jonathan Taylor could help out a rookie quarterback. But you know what else could help out a rookie quarterback? Giving him weapons to throw to. And you know what? I believe in Jelani Woods. He's still on his rookie contract. You have three guys in the tight end room on rookie contracts. I think this is where we have to bring in a solid young guy, a guy who's been a pro bowler, a guy who has who is underutilized in Miami. Let's get in Mike Gasecki, all right? I'm going to let Jelani Woods continue to develop and grow behind Mike. He's going into his second year, Jelani Woods is. I'm not just going to throw tight end one to him. I'm not going to do that. I think that would be a little irresponsible. Now, speaking as just regular Michael, I would be perfectly fine if Jelani Woods uh, was tight end one. I'd be okay with it. But me personally, if I was the GM, like I'm doing here, I'm going to bring in Mike Gasecki. Now, I looked at his value on spot rack. He might get more than this, which I it wouldn't surprise me if he would. But I, I went by his value, his trade, projected trade, uh, or his projected contract. It was about four years, $33 million. I'm going to go four years, $37 million. With the first year, again, getting creative with these contracts. The first year, we're going to go $9 million, still leaving us some room uh, 
to work with. So that's going to be our free agent class, guys. Bringing back our own guys, but getting other guys in here for depth and competition. All right. I really love the Mariota trade. You get a vet in here who does fit. You know, if you look at the offense that Philadelphia was running, Marcus Mariota can do a little bit of that. Marvin Jones, get a get a vet wide receiver in here. Bring in more competition. Push Alec Pierce. Push Paris Campbell. And is he going to help out Mike Strawn in his development? Who knows? But bring in more competition. Brandon Graham, adding him to the defensive line. Isaiah Oliver, adding him to the cornerback room. Andre Dillard coming in at the offensive line. Mike Gasicki. We got to get a tight end here. I've been begging for a tight end. And you know what's crazy? I believe this tight end room has, with Mike Gusecki in it, I believe it can be the best tight end room in the league. Tom Manning is returning to this room. You know what he can do? He can help guys like Mike, Jelani, Drew Ogletree, Kylan, help them get better at blocking. Because that's what he helped Mo Ali Cox do when he was here. Jack Doyle obviously did that. He didn't need help doing that. But obviously, Tom gave him a few pointers. Eric Ebron had a big year, 18 total touchdowns when Tom Manning was here. So let's give Tom Manning a Pro Bowl tight end and let's deal with it. Let's give the rookie quarterback who we know we're going to have, let's give him some help, a vet quarterback to lean on, two uh, offensive weapons in Marvin Jones, Mike Gasicki, and a tackle offensive line depth to come in and battle Bernard Ryman for left tackle, Andre Dillard. Now, before, Marcus, I want you to hold on on the, on the draft here. Before we get into the draft, because this is where I'm starting to get excited, uh, let's go to some comments uh, and talk about, you know, what what we're doing. Now, the crazy thing about this whole thing, um, Marvin Jones, sweet. Yeah, I loved him. I wanted him when he was leaving Detroit, but obviously – Jacksonville came and swooped them up. He offered them some big, uh, offered them some big money. Trade for D Hop. Whoa, that's a big contract. That that that's maybe too big of a big contract. Plus a wide receiver entering into his thirties. Colts are keeping Matt Ryan. Hey, I'd be open to it. I would be open to it. Like I said in the beginning, I think a guy like Matt Ryan, who's as smart and sharp mentally as he is, can help out a rookie quarterback in film room, especially. When you get to training camp and those two are roommates, you really think Matt Ryan is going to let that rookie quarterback have time on the PS5, on the Xbox? Like, you brought a gaming system. You might as well put that shit back because we ain't doing no gaming systems. We're going to coach you up. So I like the idea of that. Can't keep Shaq and Bobby O and Zaire. Tough one. But Bobby O moves on. Linebacker will be productive. I, I agree. Zaire Franklin stepped up really, really well. I love Zaire. He's probably one of my favorite players on the team behind Shaquille Leonard and Michael Pittman Jr. I love Zaire, man. He was nothing more than a special teams guy and a locker room leader, gets an extension or gets re-signed to a three-year deal, comes in and was having a ton of tackles. Everybody doubted this linebacker room. Oh, what can they do without Shaquille Leonard? Zaire Franklin stepped up and performed his best year. So I love it. I love it. I like Moriota to mentor our rookie quarterback. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I like it. When it came to rookie quarter or uh, vet quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo came to mind, but probably wanted to command a higher salary. So didn't go there. Tight end. Sorry, Mo. Just go. I like our young tight ends, but a good veteran 
uh, Mike Gasicki, I am in. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, thank you for everybody who's watching, who's watching, who's commenting, whether if it's on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. If it is on YouTube, hey, give this video a like, subscribe, make sure you are subscribed. And if it's on Twitter, Facebook, hey, give us a like, give us a comment, you know, continue to build that engagement. We appreciate you guys uh, watching in. Real quick, before we move on to the draft, this guy's opinion, I do value, okay? He's smarter than me in football. He understands it more than me, I'll admit here. Landon, I want to get your opinion on these free agent signings. Please, please, please. Me? Man, man, that's a, that's a nice thing somebody said about me tonight. <laughs> um, I thought you were talking about Marcus for a second. I was like, man, I'm, I'm excited to see what Marcus has got to say about this. We're going to get um, to him. Look, I will say the, there's a few I don't necessarily agree with, like Mike Gusecki, I think, like, we already have two to three guys that could fill that role that he has. So just kind of spending that money towards that would be kind of more of a waste to me. And then um, Brandon Graham kind of plays the same role that Quiddy Pay plays. Like he's not really a pass rusher. Type. I mean, he can a little bit, but he's more of like that run stuffing, you know, um, that, that kind of role for a defensive end. So um I will say we have him and Quiddy lined up. Nobody's running on us. So <laughs> that would be a, a heck of a thing too. Um, the only really one that I don't necessarily agree with, because I can even kind of see like with Mike Gusecki, I'm never going to be upset about more weapons for, for a quarterback, but um, is the actual quarterback. It's Marcus Mariota. Um, <laughs> before last year, I probably would have said, I would have enjoyed having him on here. Um, you know, over over here to Indy, I was kind of a big proponent of having him, you know, sign him and, um, you know, mentor a younger guy. But if you look at what happened last year, you know, obviously he didn't play his best football. You know, he, he didn't really play all that well in Atlanta. And then, you know, they benched him and gave – Desmond Ritter his chance, and what did Marcus Mariota do? He left the team. He didn't stick around to help. You know the, the you know Desmond Ritter. He didn't want anything to do with the Atlanta Falcons once he was benched. He literally left the team, um, and I do not want to employ anybody that has the possibility of quitting on my team, especially if you're there to groom a rookie quarterback to show them the ropes. And then you get replaced by said rookie quarterback. And then, then your first notion is to just dip out completely. Like, that's probably not anything I want on my roster, especially with kind of the, the issues we've seen pop up in the locker room here over the last year and a half from the Colts. So that's just not something I'm willing to kind of introduce. I would much rather go with a guy like Gardner Minshew or um, – I don't even know who's on there. Jacoby Brissett would be another one. I would love to have Jacoby back. Um, yeah. But, but Gardner Minshew would be a guy, I think, he kind of understands his role in the NFL. You know, I think he would have a chance to start depending on who he ended up drafting. But I think, you know, he he takes his role very seriously. He's always going to be prepared. He's a guy that I would want a rookie quarterback to emulate. And he already knows kind of, how Shane Steichen works being in Philadelphia with him last year. Uh, I, I think that would kind of be more along the lines. And one thing about 
Gardner Minshew is, you know, he's never going to give up. He's never going to quit. That guy will work his butt off, you know, till the very end. And, you know, just what I saw from Marcus Mariota last year, it, it really did bother me the way he handled his benching and then promoting that rookie quarterback. So, um, but yeah, other than that, you know, I, I like everything you said. Um, you know, like I said, outside of, you know, the Mike Gusecki thing, just because I think we already have a few guys that can play that role, maybe not quite as good as him just yet. But I think with, with Tom Manning there and some training, they can be. And, uh, you know, I love the Isaiah Oliver signing. I'm a big fan of that. Andre Dillard, of course, was one that I had. Marvin Jones, I would love to add to any room. I've always been a big Marvin Jones fan. So, um, yeah, I, I like that one. Keeping some of the other guys, you know, EJ, Paris Campbell, McLaughlin, um, you know, th- those are those are all r- really good stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of just my two cents awesome. on it so far. Awesome. Um, yeah, I my thinking on Marcus Mariota because everything you said is, is correct. I if I didn't bring in Mike Gusecki, me personally, I just want to bring in as many weapons as possible. If I didn't bring in Mike Gusecki, I would have had the money to give Jacoby Brissett what he wanted. Because uh, I think Jacoby Brissett is going to charge more than what Marcus Mar- – what, what, what did I just give him? Two-year, eight million? I think Jacoby would go for two for 15, two for 16, you know, because he 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 deserves that. We know he does. Um so I agree with that. I think guys like Jacoby Brissett, Gardner Minshew, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, those kind of guys, they're they're going to have the bigger market. And I think while they're getting vetted by everybody else, we can maybe go underneath the waters and say, hey, Marcus, not culture shock, but uh, Marcus, hey, come on, c- come on over here. I, I do. I do understand that. Me personally. I want Jacoby back as well. <laughs> I want Jacoby back really well because that is a leader. And he, I think he does fit the system, uh, and he can play well. We saw him play well. Uh, so that's really all I have for the free agents and obviously some insight, insight from Landon. Marcus, really quick, uh, what do you think about this free agent hall? Well, <clears throat> I think the free agent hall is, you know, it's pretty it's pretty decent. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the Gusecki one is a little, you know, it's a little risky, but you are the GM, so I do understand. I'm not mad at that move, but I don't know if the Colts would be willing to do something like that. But uh, Marvin Jones, we, we love Marvin Jones, you know, even though we see him a lot. He is a dog, in my opinion. Uh, and I think, you know, he can have a really big role in Indianapolis if he was to come, uh, if he was happen to sign him. So I do like that move. Dennis Kelly, eh, uh, I'm meh on that. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it was either Matt Dennis Kelly or Matt Pryor. Right, it's it's rolling the dice with either or. I mean, we could just flat out draft one if we had to, but um, I'm all I'm also skeptical of Dillard Kelly because you mentioned bringing in Dillard, so it wouldn't really be no need in having Kelly on the roster. It's like pretty much pick your poison at that choice. So I mean, I'm like up in the air with Dennis Kelly if you were to get Dillard. So that was the only question I had in mind when it comes to the to the free agent signings. And yeah. you also mentioned uh bringing in Jones and Kaseki as for talent. But you wind up trading the talent in Jonathan Taylor to Phillies, which is very, very, very questionable in my opinion. Um, also goes towards the uh, Shaquille Leonard thing because you said you're willing to bang your buck for his risk of injury, uh, which was skeptical because Jonathan Taylor was injured too. But you're willing to, you know, put your 
roll the dice on Shaquille Leonard, but not roll the dice on Shaquille, uh, on Jonathan Taylor. So it's like 50-50. Oh, God, I don't, I don't, I don't really know about that. So both of them are coming back from injuries, and you're willing to roll the dice with Shaquille instead of Taylor. And you mentioned weapons on the offensive side, but you're trading it away. It's like, mm, what do you really mean, Mike? Let me know. Well, so there's levels to that. I mean, you do make a good point, but since you're bringing it up, why don't we talk about it? Shaquille yes. Leonard is dependent on himself doing the job and making the plays that he makes. Jonathan Taylor is dependent on the quarterback getting out of the wrong play or getting into the right play. He's dependent on five linemen on blocking. So already you're at six guys and then you're at tight ends, maybe one or two more tight ends on blocking. So you're already dependent on eight guys in front of you doing your job for you to be successful or to at least give the production that $15 million warrants. Shaquille Leonard just needs Shaquille Leonard. And we've seen that. He just needs his right hand or his left hand. That's it. And, uh, again, speaking to it, it's the running back position, man. I I can't do it. I can't do it. I I just can't commit money to that position. I can't. Even though we all know Chris Ballard is going to, me personally, I can't. Which, again, I'm the GM of the Indianapolis Colts tonight, damn it. I I can't do that. Marcus, you may do it. You may give him a five-year the hundred million dollar contract. I think Lana was about to say something. What's up? Yeah, I'll say this when it comes to the running back position because I've been like a strong proponent of never paying running backs big money. Um, that's kind of like been one of one of my brands. You know, hashtag never pay running back. <laughs> but over the last couple of years, things seem to be changing because the market is so low right now because of the positional value you're getting these guys like Jonathan Taylor that are, I mean, like let's make no mistake about it. When Jonathan Taylor is healthy, he's one of the 10 best players in football, regardless of position. He is like, I mean, this guy was an MVP candidate at the running back position. So like he, he's that good of a player and Whenever you're looking at the market for these running backs, especially whenever you have a guy like that and you're getting him for $12, $13 million a year, whenever you're paying, you know, these other positions that aren't quite, you know, like like look at how great Michael Pittman has been, you know, very good player. He has not, he has not been a top 10 player at his position. Um but, you know, he's likely going to get 17, 18, maybe $20 million a year. But then you have Jonathan Taylor. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Who has been the best player at his position. Whenever he was healthy, the last time we saw him healthy, he's the best player at his position. 1,800 yards and 18 touchdowns. 
and you're giving him what 13 million 14 million so you're almost you're paying him that much less than a guy who's not even top 10 at his position so i just think the value of the running backs because of the positional value and the way people have kind of undervalued it that's it's pushed a lot of these deals down and people are starting to take advantage of that now where it's like, man, like you're telling me I can have one of the best, one of the 10 best players in football and I don't even have to pay him $15 million a year. Like to me, like that's just great value. And Chris Ballard, like he said it too. Um, and I, I do agree that there's some guys very similar to our talks about Shaquille Leonard. Like there's some guys that just transcend the position they play. Like they're just so great that, it just kind of transcends their position. Like, like Shaquille Leonard and Jonathan Taylor, like these guys, like, yeah, linebackers, not that important. Yeah. Running backs, not that important, but these guys are the best at what they do and they can change a game. Every time they're out on the field, they can single-handedly win you ball games. We've seen it happen. Um, so, so yeah, like, I mean, I don't have a problem. Look, if you want to trade him, that's fine. I don't have a problem. Yeah. I, I completely – look, like I said, hashtag never pay running back. I'm on board. It is what it is. But you giving me a pick in the 60s and a seventh-round pick, I'm hanging up the phone immediately. <laughs> like, if that is your offer, I'm hanging up the phone immediately. You can call me back whenever you really want to talk about it because I'm not giving you a team that just went to the Super Bowl, one of the ten best players in football, for a pick. Almost in the third – that's basically a third rounder. For a third rounder and a seventh rounder. So, yeah, yeah you, you're going to have to – you're going to have to up that offer a little bit. You know, you want to get in – you want to get into the to the first round maybe? You know, we'll, we'll talk. But, it, you know, I'm just saying. That, that's yeah. my two cents on it. Hey, and, and I get it. All this running back talk is fun, first off. And it, it also just – educates all of us about this position and how it's changing year to year and all the guys and the biggest thing with Jonathan Taylor for me is yes he went for 1800 yards what did it account for like we didn't win anything for it like does it equate to winning no it doesn't Derrick Henry goes crazy what does he equate to nothing and it's just like do you really need that did Kansas City and Philadelphia need Jonathan Taylor in this last game in the Super Bowl they spent a first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and a rookie seventh-rounder outplayed him, started over him, and had better stats than him. It's just well, – that's say, just my opinion. Like, even though Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a different player than Jonathan Taylor. But it's just when I look at Jonathan Taylor and when I, when I value what you can do as a running back, Alvin Kamara does it different. Christian McCaffrey does it different. Those are guys because they have a bigger – production on third down that Jonathan Taylor doesn't have through the passing game through the receiving game rather because he's not a quarterback through the receiving game that's uh, Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey I would think about it longer when it came to a contract extension than I would for a Jonathan Taylor who doesn't do it through 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 the through the receiving game like those two do and and a Tony Pollard rather that, that's yeah, just my well, other I, yeah yeah i'll say this when it comes to like the pacheco talk like i know he's a seventh rounder the team has patrick mahomes and andy reed so yeah like you know yeah I, yeah and travis kelsey so i mean like yeah you, you don't really need that whenever you have those guys but another, another point like, another point 
but they also spent all the money on the offensive line without committing big money to the running back position. That also helps too. Yeah, I mean it does, but they also draft very well. They drafted most of their de- most of their defense are on rookie deals. Yeah, a lot of their defense is on rookie deals, big time. In the Super so, Bowl. yeah. So I mean, you know, like it's it's a lot easier whenever you have and, and like even the Tennessee conversation. You know, like yeah, Derrick Henry's made all this money. They paid Tannehill a lot of money too, and that was really their like the way that they. I mean, you're talking about a team. They won the last two division titles. They went to an AFC championship game a couple of years ago. Like, the Colts would kill for that level of success right now. So, you know, I, I think having a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal for the next five years, you're able to keep one of the best players in football. And really, like, you, you're, like, you're going to be able to help that rookie out a lot with Jonathan Taylor. You know what's great for a rookie quarterback? whenever he can hand the ball off and have his running back go 80 yards anytime he touches the ball. Yeah. Hey, man. We, uh, but, I, but like I said, as long as the deal's good. Now, if Jonathan Taylor's coming to me and he's like, bro, I want eight, seventeen, eighteen million $18 million a year, it's like, hey, third rounder, seventh rounder, baby, let's go. Let's, let's go. I'm not – yeah, I'm not doing that. But, you know, if he – you know, if it's – Along the deals of the other top running backs, you know, Christian McCaffrey's making what fourteen million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, dude, I will give that to Jonathan Taylor, and I will be happy all day long. Submit that budget. <laughs> Submit that budget. Put that comment up there, uh, Marcus, please. Ah, uh, yeah, submit that budget. Hey, you, you got to though. You got to. Hey. All of this has been fun. We have so much more to talk about, especially the combine. We have much to talk about that's going on right now. But now it's time for the draft. Now it's time for the mock draft. So we've filled some needs. We've addressed some things. And quite honestly, we've also opened up some needs, right? With the Jonathan Taylor trade, we've opened up some needs. So now we need running backs on possibly cheaper uh, rookie deals. Are we going to target you know, somebody at the top half of the second round? Uh, Are we going to target somebody in the seventh round? What are we going to do there? Let's jump into the draft, ladies and gentlemen. We have 12 picks total. Marcus, hold on real quick. Uh, We have 12 picks total, okay? So let's go ahead and get into, let's go ahead and get into, uh, into this, man. Draft night, here we go. Number four. Now, I did do a mock draft, okay? I did a mock draft uh, with the draft network. And I did one-time mock draft, all right? One-time mock draft. I didn't restart it, do anything like that. So this is how it went, all right? Bryce Young went number one to the Texans. Texans traded back, uh, traded up. Bryce Young to the Texans. Jalen Carter to the Bears. Will Anderson to the Cardinals. So that means C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson are available. Pull the plug on CJ Stroud. Boom, ring. We got a phone call. Got a phone call from the Las Vegas Raiders. They want to trade up from number seven to number four. They're targeting a quarterback. If we're going to trade back from four to seven, there's three quarterbacks now. Will there be quarterbacks at number seven? I think there will. Um, Now, this kind of gets to a point to where is who's going to be available the guy you like. 
Me personally, I like all four quarterbacks in this draft. All of them have their strengths. All of them have their weaknesses. And right here, I'm perfectly fine with trading back. And I believe somebody is going to be there at number seven. So I'm going to execute a trade back with the Raiders. Uh, I need more in this trade, though, especially if I'm going to trade back with a fellow AFC uh, team. So let's get number seven. Let's get their second round pick, number 38, three picks behind our 35. And then let's get their fifth rounder, number 143. And because they're an AFC guy and they want their quarterback, I need next year's third round pick. I need a Vegas third round pick next year. So we're executing a trade. We're falling back to number seven. Raiders take CJ Stroud, the Seahawks happen to take Tyree Wilson. Detroit takes Will Levis. That leaves Anthony Richardson at number seven. Let's pull the plug. Anthony Richardson, you are an Indianapolis Colt. Let's get the quarterback in. This is the rookie quarterback that a lot of Colts fans love. Me personally, I, I like him. I don't love him, but I like him. The traits are crazy good, crazy elite when it comes to ceiling, he has the highest ceiling out of all four guys in the draft. How would I put it? Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Will Levis. That's how I would put their ceilings. And this is just about being comfortable with who would be there at number seven. Anthony Richardson is that guy. He's going to have a vet behind him. Come in. Let's make some noise, Anthony Richardson. So that's going to be our first round pick. Let's go to number 35 in the second round, our own pick here. B. John Robinson was still on the board. Running back, right? I have a rule like Landon has a rule. Don't pay running backs. I have a rule. Don't take running backs in the first round. Bijan Robinson was not taken in the first round, but guess what? I'm not going to take him here because I don't need him yet. I need more pass rush. Let's continue to build the damn trenches. I want the quarterback's ass on the floor. Felix Anudike Uzama, defensive end from Kansas State. He is now an Indianapolis Colt. He is an Indianapolis Colt. Landon, Landon, what is going on? You're looking dead at me. You're looking into my eyes. I feel you burning a, a, a hole through my soul. What's going on? I know. Not only did you trade Jonathan Taylor away for a third and a seven. Talk about it, Landon. Talk about it. <laughs> Not only did you somehow, by an act of divine intervention by Jesus Christ himself. Divine intervention. We're using big have words. Bijan, have Bijan Robinson on the board at 35. Because that's what's, that's an act of Jesus, bro. That's, that's God saying, look, I know you messed up. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a chance to redeem yourself. But John Robinson's gonna fall out of the first round, and not he's not gonna get picked at the at the top of the second. <laughs> but the call you have to pass on that man at 35. One of the five best players in the draft, Landon. regardless of bro, Mike, Landon. So, I need. I can't. I'm just going to go back. Look, finish your draft. I'm going to eat my gummy worms over here. <laughs> eat eat your worms. gummy worms. <laughs> We're not done. We're not done. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so, so finish your thing. I, I need pass rush. Okay? I need pass rush. And plus, 
I need a replacement for Yannick Ngakwe in the next couple of years, right? That's what Felix Anudike Uzama is for us. Again, do I value trench play over anything else? Yes, I value the trenches. So let's go with Felix Anudike Uzama at number 35 from Kansas State. Now, three picks later, we're at Las Vegas. Vegas, all right, we got their number 38 pick. Bijan Robinson is gone, just so you know, Landon Oliver. He's gone. He was taken somewhere between 35 and 38. Now, here, what is a need? As he should have been. <laughs> um, what do we need here at 38? Do we need uh, maybe a linebacker? Is there a linebacker that we think is just too good to pass up? Is there a cornerback that's too good to pass up? Um, there is a really good corner on this board, but there's also a solid guard on this board as well. Andrew Voorhees from USC. Let's get him in here. Let's get him uh, into Indianapolis. Let's continue to build up the offensive line. Um, like, like Marcus said earlier, you know, bringing back Dennis Kelly, bringing Andre Dillard from the outside. This is just about building competition. There are no easy jobs on this roster this year. If you want a job, you're going to fight for it and you're going to earn it. Andrew Voorhees from USC. You are now an Indianapolis Colt. Now we have a third second round pick, a third from the Jonathan Taylor trade. I think y'all are going to love this one. At number 63 overall, the Indianapolis Colts select wide receiver from the University of Cincinnati, Trey Tucker. Let's get it. Trey Tucker. If something happens with Paris Campbell, you know what we got behind him? Trey Tucker. Trey Tucker, who I think is a little bit more polished than Paris Campbell in his route running coming out of college than Paris Campbell was. Trey Tucker from the University of Cincinnati. You are now an Indianapolis Colt. Leader. So elusive. Has great footwork at the line of scrimmage. Is going to return to Indianapolis and is going to be with his former Roommate at Cincinnati, Alec Pierce. Everybody, welcome Trey Tucker to um. <laughs> no, uh, let's everybody welcome Trey Tucker to Indianapolis. Now, here's our uh our third round pick that we received uh from I believe from Washington. So this is another guy who he was in Landon's draft last week. I wasn't a buyer that he would still be on the board in the fifth round. I'm going to take him here in the third because I think he's going to kill it at the combine. I think he's got traits. He's a Chris Ballard type defender. Let's go Julius Brent's cornerback from the University of Kansas State. Let's get him in here. Julius Brent, add to the corner room. You got Stephon Gilmore, Isaiah Rogers. We got Isaiah Oliver. Now let's bring in Julius Brent's. Long, rangy. I got to see him live at the Big 12 championship game. He went one-on-one -on -one with Quentin Johnston the whole game. Such a great game from him. I know Johnston had some splash plays, but but I will say this. Brents was, was getting in on Johnston, and that was a great, great matchup that he showed up to. So I'm going to take Julius there. I got to see him in person. Just kept popping off the field to me. He is here in Indianapolis. Now, let's head to the fourth round, number 103 overall. This is going to be Chicago's pick. Chicago's pick, all right? Don't y'all realize how we have a need at running back and we haven't gone running back yet? 
to Landon's dismay, you know, passing up on B. John Robinson at number 35. Um, let's go ahead and get running back here. From the University of Texas, Bijan Robinson's teammate. Let's get Roshan Johnson in here in Indianapolis. He can get catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a great pass blocker, and he's a solid runner, all right? That is a guy who we're going to bring in. Cheaper rookie contract. We're building this we're building this thing up, all right? We're getting vets in here. We're getting talented guys, and we're getting talented rookies. Roshan Johnson, running back, University of Texas. He is an Indianapolis Colt. Let's move on to the fourth round, number 106 overall. Three picks later. Three picks later. Y'all knew someone from TCU was coming, right? Let's take linebacker from TCU D winners. More security in the linebacker room. Gives JoJo Doman a little bit more competition. I will say this. If Sterling Weatherford was still in Indianapolis, I don't think there would be a need to take linebacker in the fourth round or before on day two or day three at all. But because Sterling Weatherford was claimed off waivers by Chicago, freaking Eberflus, uh, we have a need at linebacker, I believe. JoJo Doman is playing the middle linebacker position behind Zaire, well, really behind Bobby. But I still think you need to add some more young athletic depth. Uh, D. Winters, a playmaker, really showed out at the senior bowl, had a fumble, uh, forced fumble, had an interception. I think he's a playmaker. And I think this is a solid uh, depth or a solid depth pick here. And... You know, learn from Shaquille Leonard, learn from Zaire Franklin, even learn from EJ Speed. And also, he's going to be coached by Richard Smith. So we, the, 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 the cream of the crop just gets creamier, right? Even though that was probably so weird to say. Um, let's move on to the fifth round here. Again, fifth round, quarterback. I'm such a fan. I've said it all all offseason, I'm a fan of double dipping at quarterback in the draft. I'm a believer of having two guys on the roster. One is your starter, obviously, in Anthony Richardson. We need a second guy to build up, right? We need a second guy to build up, uh, to, you know, have him as a project, put him on the practice squad. Unfortunately, guys like Jake Hayner, Jaron Hall, uh, Clayton Toon, Max Duggan, those guys are already off the board. There's nobody here at the quarterback position that I'm saying, oh, I think I can take him here. I, I don't think so because I think there's other guys that are more valuable at this spot. So here I was looking at another corner. I was looking at safety. I was looking at uh, a, another defensive end. I was looking at wide receiver. But here, I again, I looked at the running back room and I said, I think we need more. I think we need more. I think we maybe need a bruiser. Landon. We interviewed somebody recently who was a bruiser, right? We interviewed somebody recently who was a who was a bruiser. He has a mentality to never go down. Kendra Miller from the University of Texas Christian, right? I said that backwards. But let's get Kendra Miller to Indianapolis, baby. Let's get him. Let's get him. He's going to put a freaking elbow in someone's head and knock his damn head off the damn canvas. That's what we do. 
Bring more aggression. Bring dogs. Bring top talent to Indianapolis. Not only do you got Roshan Johnson, you got Kendra Miller. You're losing Jonathan Taylor, right? You need another bruiser, right? Kendra Miller is that dog. He is that dog, all right? So we're going to get him into Indianapolis. You got a room of Roshan Johnson, Zach Moss. You even got some young guys, Devontae Price, C.J. Verdell. You're going to add Kendra Miller to that room. And here, Kendra Miller is the pick. But I was thinking a guy like Deuce Vaughn. But, again, we got Roshan Johnson. I think a guy like C.J. Verdell or Devontae Price could possibly fill a pass-catching role. But again, I, I I needed a bruiser. I needed a bruiser, right, who I can hand it to on third down and say, go get me a first down on third and one. I needed that. Uh, You know, some guys were going to be the pick, like a Zach Evans from Ole Miss, a Tajay Spears, a Deuce Vaughn, but I really needed that bruiser, guys. Sorry. Uh, Let's go to the fifth round. This is Las Vegas's pick uh, at number 143 overall. Let's continue to add to the offensive line. Let's go Jackson Kirkland from Washington. Tackle may, may be projected as a guard a little bit more. Let's continue to add depth and competition to the offensive line. Jackson Kirkland from the University of Washington. You are an Indianapolis Colt. Welcome, buddy, to Indianapolis. Remember when I mentioned that safety room? This is a guy that I feel that would be a solid addition in the fifth round with our own fifth round pick at number 164 overall. Let's go Trey Dean, the third from Florida. I think he projects solid as a strong safety type. Uh, we possibly need strong safeties, right? Maybe put somebody behind uh, Nick Cross, somebody behind Julian Blackman, get a young guy in there, get a rookie contract in there. Trey Dean from Florida does need a little bit more development, but I think he projects well, not necessarily well, but he projects as a strong safety Get him in the room. Get him on the team. You know, see see where he fits. Give this young guy to Ron Miles and see what he can what he can work with. We got two picks left. All right, two picks left in the draft. Two seventh round picks. Again, I'm thanking quarterback. I want a young quarterback. So, with Philadelphia's pick that we got in the Jonathan Taylor trade at number 222 overall. From the University of Louisville, Malik Cunningham, you are a Indianapolis Colt. I got Malik Cunningham, a young quarterback, going to be a project. Let's get him in here. Let's get him through training camp, get him on the practice squad, and let's just have him run scout team for for his rookie year and see where he's at in in year two and see if he can battle Marcus Mariota, who's on that two-year deal uh, for quarterback two. Again, I'm a big fan of getting two guys this year, your guy, the franchise, and then getting a project just in case you want to build them up as, as a backup, right, as a backup. So that's where I'm going to go, Malik Cunningham from the University of Louisville. Then let's have one more pick from the University of Oklahoma, tight end Braden Willis. This is a guy who doesn't have a lot of film at Oklahoma, but he's a solid blocker. He embraced a blocking role at Oklahoma this past year. Their offense changed a little bit uh, with with Jeff Levy coming in uh, to Oklahoma, joining Brent Venables there. 
offense changed a little bit. Braden Willis was, you know, kind of forced to take on a blocking role at Oklahoma, and he did admirably. This is another project guy, another guy who's probably going to be on the practice squad, but I like some of his traits. I like his possible receiving ability, and if Tom Manning can work on this guy for a couple years, hey, he'll be on the practice squad. He'll learn from guys like Mike Gusecki. He'll he'll be in the running there with Drew Ogletree. You know, this is going to be his rookie year, essentially, with the unfortunate injury in training camp this last year. Uh, continue to add youth, add depth, add talent. Basically, this whole this this whole plan of my GM plan, guys, was to kind of reset the stage, kind of reset the standard and the culture in Indianapolis. No more handing out jobs. No more. Okay, here it, it's yours. No more settling on you know your your morals. No, no sitting on your morals. No saying, okay, we made it this far. No. Continue to get better. Continue to challenge the guys on your roster and give some young guys and vets to your new coaching staff on offense and continue to get some young and vets to your defensive defensive staff. I believe in that plan. That is concluding uh, this plan, part two of playing GM of the Indianapolis Colts. Marcus, if you may, let's go ahead and get that graphic up for, for the viewers if they want to uh, – Go over the, the mock draft one more time as it is right there. We got our man, Anthony Richardson from the University of Florida. I really love his fit. I really love getting him a guy like Trey Tucker uh, who he can launch it down the field to. And then guys like Roshan Johnson, guys like Kendra Miller, you know, get him some running backs that he can lean on. Get him some more rookies that he can grow with and not necessarily have to say, hey, you know, learn from this guy. No, get more rookies in here because the more youth and more really rookie contracts you have, the, the better because that's why you went and got a guy like Mike Gusecki. You got went and got a guy like Brandon Graham one year. And what we're selling to veterans, guys like Mike, guys like Brandon, uh, Marvin, Marcus Mariota, like, hey, we're resetting something here. We're resetting the stage, resetting the standard, and this is what we're going to do in Indianapolis. We're not settling for, oh, let's just win five or six games this year. No, let's build a team and let's freaking help our quarterback grow and let's go out there and win games. That's why I wanted to bring in a guy like Brandon Graham because Landon made a, a great point that I was planning on making in, in my uh, post-GM phase speech. Bring in Brandon Graham. He's going to bring an attitude to the defensive line, to these edge rushers. You know, I think his his mindset, his leadership will rub off on guys like Yannick Ngakwe, you know, guys who kind of, you know, take plays off in the run game, who don't necessarily win too many reps. He's going to be infectious to a guy like Yannick Ngakwe and make guys like Quiddy Pay better. Guys like Felix Anudike Uzama, who I project can be a Yannick Ngakwe replacement in the next couple of years. I think he projects well. He's popped off. He's a great, solid edge rusher that I think he and Pay can be a really good tandem for years to come. Yes, you are kind of resetting, but you're not rebuilding. You're establishing, you're drafting and hoping these guys establish as pillars. The double running backs, pass rusher in Felix Anudike Uzama, the wide receiver in Trey Tucker. If Paris Campbell doesn't work out, guess what? You have another young guy, a speedster, who's a little bit even more talented in the route running than Paris Campbell is, 
you already him who's much more developed. So you're already there, and you've already got the rookie quarterback on the offensive line. Danny Pinter is going to be there at center, but guess what? Maybe maybe work on the undrafted rookies. Maybe look at the free agent market and see if there's somebody else out there. I didn't do it because, again, Danny Pinter, I just think he's good at center. So I'm going to go ahead and, and make, make that offensive line is what it is. I helped you guys. Didn't bring Matt Pryor back. Obviously, that was a big, a, a bit like Landon shaking his head. I, I, I'm not that much of a homer. He was awful, bad. No, whoever his agent is, I am blocking your number. Do not call me. No, no negotiations. So uh, without further ado, I'll take questions if you have them. Also need a drink. Uh, yes, you passed up a running back and drafted one later. Why? Uh, because I believe the running back you could get in the fourth round or maybe even on day three, rather. Is there that big of a difference between the guy on day three and the guy on day two? Is there a Jonathan Taylor on your roster? Is the guy on day two Bijan Robinson? Most likely no, but in this mock draft, it it, it was. I just when it came to running back, there is Felipe Andike Uzama, the edge rusher. I just can't sit there and say, "Oh, running back, okay, let's pass up that edge rusher who we believe, who I strongly feel can be that replacement of Yannick in a couple of years." But yeah, let's pass that up for a running back. You know, we don't care about edge rushers. We don't care about being the best in the trenches. Who cares about edge rush? You know, that that that's just what my plan and philosophy was. That that's what it was. No, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't mind that. I don't mind, you know, the selection you made, the player you took, but at the end of the day, it's about getting talent. Yep. And you're talking about one of the five best players in this whole draft. Probably, like, one of the top three players. Like, I, I think I've got him, like, fourth on my board. Like, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, Bryce Young is three. And then Bijan Robinson. So, yeah, he's one of the top four players in this draft for me. And so, if, if he's there at 35, bro, like, I'm – like, and I think this is a very deep edge rusher class. Like, I think there's dudes on, like, round three and round four – that are going to be really good players. So, like, to me, like, you telling me I can get Anthony Richardson and Bijan Robinson in this draft? <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, man, it sounds but, good. Like, I, I love it. But also, just me personally, and especially those who have followed uh, the Blue Sable for a while, I, think, I just love defense too much. I just love it. Like, if I can get an edge yeah. rusher, I'm going to get him. I'm sorry. Everything you're saying, Landon, is correct. Maybe the majority would agree with you, but I just love defense too much, man. I want the ass. Then I think like Voorhees and Trey Tucker, I think those guys are going to be available later in the draft. Like I think those are like like Trey Tucker is probably you're looking at like a fifth, sixth round grade on him. That, and, that deep? I haven't seen a fifth, sixth yet. Yeah, yeah. Like that's I want like. I, I think like he's climbing, like I said. Like there's mm. there's been talk about him even like getting into round like three, but like I, I think there's this like I think there's like a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And I think sixty three, I think second round might be a little too early. Mm. But 
I mean, you know, I love Trey, so I'm not. I'm not gonna be. Uh, I'm not gonna be upset about that. Andrew Voorhees, I think he's a guy that's probably gonna be like third, fourth round, possibly type of a guy as well. So I don't know if like some of these guys are gonna be there. Like now, I do like Roshan Johnson. I think he's gonna be a good player. I think he's valuable. I think Kendra Miller is gonna be a good player. I like the Malik Cunningham pick as well. I'm a big fan of that one. I like Malik a lot. Um, Brain Willis is a really good pick. Um, so yeah, obviously, you know, I love Julius Brent. So um, yeah, I mean, no, like I would be really happy with this draft, but I just think though, like, I like, and I get why you did it, but like, if Bijan Robinson's there in the second round. Like I, there's just in, there's just no universe I can think of where like I'm not sprinting that card up as fast. Like even if we keep Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. even if we keep Jonathan Taylor and Bijan Robinson's there at 35, I'm probably still taking Bijan Robinson. This is a safe option too. This is a safe option. I think the first five minutes I would just be upset. Like, dude, we already have a running back, but then it's Bijan Robinson. I, like, yeah, I mean, like. Yeah, if you're if you're telling me I can have a rookie quarterback and then pair him, like Jonathan Taylor needs a break. Oh, never mind. Here comes another. Here comes yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I would like I don't know. That might be the only thing that could possibly make me challenge my like pass the score, run the win thing. Like, <laughs> like that because I would just be like, let's just run the ball every play. Like I'm just gonna run the ball. We don't even need to pass. Like I'll just have Anthony Richardson run the ball. Wildcat formation, um, you know, which I mean, like obviously this is jokes. Like, yeah, I mean, and this is I'm all not. fun. This is why all three of us are bringing a plan and we talk about it. And this is this is just fair fun criticism or debate. This is awesome. This is all. This is all. This is the point of this whole thing. All three of us bring a different mindset. All three of us have different opinions, and we talk about it. And you guys, the fans. Y'all, if y'all want to talk about it more, if y'all want to say, oh, it was dumb or it was great or, oh, it was cool, but could you done this better or this different? That's the whole point of this of this series. And then we're going to do this every year, and it's fun already. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Landon's last week. Marcus, you're up next week. I, I assume, man, probably just because of this show, he's probably going to give Jonathan Taylor like a fat extension and draft Bijan Robinson and – Probably wrong. Just don't you know? Just rub me the wrong way when you draft Trey Tucker and just Tyler Scott just like washed away past you. It's just I, I don't know. I, I definitely would if Tyler Scott's there and you get Trey Tucker, I'm going Tyler Scott. Hey man, we all we, we everybody knows we love him. Okay, Tyler Scott's your guy. I gotta say Trey Tucker's mine. Yeah, it's okay. I gotta say he's mine, man. We didn't, me, gotta, me and Trey really didn't click like that, but you know, Tyler, you know like, <laughs> um, all right. It's like, did I meet you before? Like, I don't know, right? man. I think like I, I think Trey, like, I really do like he reminds me a lot coming out of Tyler Lockett, like from mm. Seattle. Like, that's who he reminds me of a lot. So like, yeah, I mean I'm a, I'm for sure like I I would love to I love to have Tyler too. Like I, I would like both of them um, for sure. And I think it was Tyler that I was thinking of whenever I was like fifth, sixth round. Like that's generally where you're seeing him go a lot. Yeah, Trey is more in like the third round type yeah. conversations. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm never going to hate, um, never going to hate getting your new quarterback more weapons, for sure. What's and that comment down there? House here, you, you guys have to look at Josh Downs more. Yeah, I've watched a lot of Josh Downs. He's really good. Oh, one of the defensive tackles? I don't think I'm letting go. Again, the trenches, man. You win up front. That's one thing I agree with Ballard. I think we all agree with Ballard on. You got to win up front. I'm, I, oh, my gosh. If it if it came between Joe, Jonathan Taylor and DeForest Buckner, bye, Jonathan Taylor. Bye. Bye. Or even Jonathan Taylor and Grover Stewart. Like, Grover Stewart, you know the prime for a defensive lineman is stretching into their 30s now? Like, I just can't say, okay, bye, bye, Grover Stewart, even though you were wrecking havoc this year. Bye. I can't do that. I'm still probably taking uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking that, that, that's interesting. I'm not sure if it'll happen, but come come April, if Bijan Robinson is there, like you're racing that card to get Bijan. <laughs> yeah. Like he's that <laughs> like he's that good. Like he is he is a literal insane prospect at running back. Like he's probably one of the best running backs that I can remember since, gosh, like who, like maybe, maybe McCaffrey, like mm-hmm. was the last one that I would put on par as him as far as like coming out of the draft. Like I know running back doesn't tend to be a position nowadays that gets drafted early. Like if, if I was a team in the top 10 and I already had a quarterback, and Bijan Robinson was there. Like I'm probably taking Bijan Robinson over like a lot because this isn't a draft where you have like it's a you have depth at positions in this draft. But like there's like I can't think of 20 guys that I would have a first round grade on in this draft. Like there's just not that many game changing players in this draft. I'm at like now I'm not now too far get, deep, but I have like seven right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, mine's probably, like, going to end up being somewhere like the 15 to 20 range by the end of it. But, I mean, like, there's just not many game changers in this draft where you take them and, like, immediately – like, they immediately impact your team in a way that Bijan Robinson does. Like, there's just not those type of guys. And, like, like I said, to me, he's one of the four best players in this draft. So, yeah, like if he's there at 35 and I've traded Jonathan Taylor now, if I keep Jonathan Taylor, you know, and he's still there, it's going to be really hard for me not to just double dip and just have both of them. Like it will be really hard. I'll probably trade down. But like say, for example, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles own the Saints pick in this draft. They're picking 10th overall in this draft. Why would the Philadelphia Eagles – trade assets for Jonathan Taylor, then have to pay Jonathan Taylor whenever they can just draft B. John Robinson at 10. Hold on, I'm going back to see who they traded at 10. Because I because I took notes of who, like, the top 15 were taken. Oh, yeah, you did this on a draft simulator, didn't you? Yeah, I'm going back here. Hold on. Yeah, but, like, that's, like, the perfect situation for B. John Robinson is to, like, get drafted. Like, if I was the Eagles and I would not – want to see a single person that actually knows football make fun of them for picking a running back in the top 10. Cause like that guy is so good. 
Ooh. Hey man, this is all fun. Marcus, we haven't let we haven't let you got in, man. You're just sitting back enjoying everything. What uh what do you gotta oh, get I on to me about? Tyler Scott uh debate? Tyler oh, Scott, it was um, just Tyler Scott. That was your thing, yeah, huh? That, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Hey, and then I mentioned man. uh the running backs earlier too. Hey man, no story time in this uh in this it, in this yeah, I'm definitely Oh, by the way, since you said that, I have a gift for you. Here you go. You have a gift. Oh, hit him with the brick. <laughs> hit me with the brick, huh? Wow. Yep. He's just going to brick me. Yep. How's he I still appreciate that. 12 bricks. How many? 13, 14. Well, dang. I'm starting to get a concussion here, dude. Well, not. I'm way past concussion. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. Do you have any, uh, what you said, Jonathan Taylor, I was like, yep. Oh my Jesus! Uh, do we have any more questions, comments? Uh, if if y'all are actually, I want to see y'all answer that. If Bijan Robinson and Felix on your DK Uzama are on the board, which of the two are you taking? I, this is just for fun, all right. This isn't proving any point or anything, but th- this is just for fun. I'm I'm curious, but man, th- th- this was fun. Um, I oh my gosh, I I kept contemplating. What to do with this? But I really, really like it, especially the draft. Keep getting young guys in here, especially young guys that project well, that could possibly be cornerstones. You obviously, hopefully, you get one in Anthony Richardson. Ugh, I like it. Felix Onyedike Uzama is like my guy of this draft. Like in the as the edge rushers, my guy. Like it. Oh my gosh, I I, I love it. Bijan and favorite edge. Bijan and favorite edge. What's up? I guess he's saying both of those. <laughs> Taking the edge. Hey. That 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 is interesting. Hey, if if it makes you feel any better, Landon, because we're actually talking about this, but my decision did come from Felix and Bijan. It was one of the two. It was between those two. Oh, I mean, like, no, I mean it is what it is. Like people are entitled to their opinions, but at the end of the day, like I said, the draft is about adding talent to your team. And I'm always going to take the most talented player. And even Especially if whenever it matches a position up, of need. Like if, if I so like whenever I look at players and I look at like mock drafts, like what I do is I'm you know, I look at the players and I'm like, okay, are these guys at a position of need? So obviously, like I would say, like, is an edge a need? Yes. Edge is always a need is running back a need now that we don't have Jonathan Taylor. Like, we have Zach Moss as our running back one. Yes, both these are a need. So now what separates them? Is the talent of one guy greater than the talent of another guy? Because both of these are positions of need. I'm always going to take the talent every time. That's just how I I view it. I like Will McDonald, too. I love Will McDonald. I think Will plays the same side as Quiddy Pay, though. Yeah, I mean, you can you can move him around a little bit if you needed to. You can I move. Mean, they're, hey. they're young. I think. Well, Will McDonald. I think he had a good combine tonight, right? I think I saw he measured in really well. Yeah, I mean, he's like I said, he's a little light, but yeah, he's, he's a little light. He's a guy, long yeah, he's a guy that like he's very much like a Hassan Reddick type of player. <laughs> well, if he's a Hassan Reddick type of player, then we need him. Because... Yeah. yeah, I love Hassan Reddick. So. Yeah. 
See, it's funny you say you miss Naheem because if you get Tyler Scott, it's going to be like Naheem never left, man. I'm telling you. It's going to be like Naheem never left. But this time, we're going to have the coaching staff that knows how to use him. Exactly. See how we know it? Nah, I don't think he'll get the franchise tag. I, I don't think so. His picture is screaming, but the comment is whispering. That's what I just got from that. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't think Bobby would. I would love Bobby to get back. Obviously, he had a great draft night. Pat McAfee called his name, and it was emphatic. It was in front of a Tennessee crowd. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately for us, not for Bobby – he played really, really well, and his price tag drove up, which is great for him and his family. Uh, I remember we had an interview with Bobby last offseason, and we got to talk a little bit about him and his family and his culture and where he came from and you know, his sisters. Uh, he graduated from Stanford. They're such a smart, intelligent family. Um, but unfortunately, I think I truly believe we've seen the last days of Bobby O'Carrican in Indianapolis. For the greater good. For the greater good, yeah, man. I love Bobby. I'll always be a fan of Bobby. Yeah, go get your money. But other than that, man, if we don't have anything else, uh, I think we can close it out. Marcus, you're up. Uh, all right, yeah, okay, okay. My goodness. Don't, 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 uh, don't sign Gardner Miss you to a five-year deal, okay? Don't, oh, don't you know I love the stash. Don't bring T.Y. Hilton back on a four-year deal. Papa miss you, man. So you got to stay tuned. You know, next week, the ninth, it'll be my series of playing GM of the Indianapolis Colts. I enjoyed landing. Mike was the most entertaining because we knew he had something up his sleeve from the get-go when he came up with the idea. So shout out to Mike for the idea. But appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in on all platforms. I've seen the Twitter comments, even though we can't post on here. I was there responding with you guys there on Twitter. Shout out to the Facebook comments and likes. And shout out to you guys on YouTube as well. Follow us on all platforms if you haven't. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. And until next time, we are out. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co.